This episode of The Minimalists is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. This podcast has bad words. <laughs> every little thing you think that you need, every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, Minimizers. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name's Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. (laughs) (laughs) You are so popular, Josh. (laughs) We pay them to do that. (laughs) All right. Now, if you've been following The Minimalist for a while, then you've certainly heard about our spontaneous combustion rule. One of my favorites. If not, here's a refresher. Pick up any item you you own and ask yourself, if this thing spontaneously combusted, here, I'll hold up some, I'll hold up my timer here. Mm -hmm. If this thing spontaneously combusted, Ryan, would I replace it or would I feel relieved? Now, of course, with this, I'd replace it because we use it every week, right? Yeah. But there are so many things in our homes that are burdens, Mm. and we know we wouldn't replace them. Yeah. Even if they were free, we wouldn't replace them, right? Should I tell them about how the spontaneous combustion rule came about? Let's talk about it. So we were in, I believe it was Pittsburgh. Correct me if I'm wrong. You've got the memory. Okay. I think it was. Yeah. And uh, this this, um, gal had come up to the mic, and she was like, Hey, I've got this quilt that my mom made me when I was 16, 16 years old. Now she's probably, you know, 25, 26, 27. Like she's, you know, way past 16 years old. And she was like, it's pictures of me and my friends and, and parties we went to. And like my mom printed this, these pictures out on fabric, uh, sewed it all together, made this quilt. Yeah. And uh, I really like it for the memories. But the problem is, is I can't really put it out anywhere uh-huh. because she's not 16 anymore. And uh, I just, I, I don't know why, I ju- it just came to me because I, I could see she was burdened by it. Right. And I was like, all right, so let's say that you go home and you found out this quilt had spontaneously combusted. How would you feel? And man, like her shoulders dropped and she was like, I'd feel relieved. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a clear sign to get rid of it. Although I encouraged her to donate it because, you know, there's like a James Franco type character out there who would see that in the, in the uh, thrift store and like totally grab that and put it on their on their couch yeah macklemore would be really happy with that exactly yeah and so this spontaneous combustion rule applies obviously to our material possessions and i think it's really helpful it's one of the 16 rules in our minimalist rule book which you can download for free the minimalists.com slash rule book and and you can apply these rules loosely to your life this one in particular it might be our favorite one because it doesn't just apply to our material possessions. Mm. And today I want to expand beyond the material possessions. We'll talk about that today. On this public episode, we're going to talk about the spontaneous combustion rule for our possessions, for our friendships, Mm. and also maybe even for the city you live in or the city you feel attached to. Mm. And this week, this Thursday, on the Minimalist Private Podcast, Ryan, we're going to go even deeper. The spontaneous combustion rule 
for careers. Ooh. The spontaneous combustion rule for social media, for trends and habits, for our routines, for our own identity. Mm. Can we apply the spontaneous combustion rule to the identities that we've been clinging to? Also, Ryan, I'm going to talk about the relationships that you and I have blown up over the last oh, decade man. or so. Oh, man, we're getting good personal, huh? We are indeed. That's this week over on Patreon. That's the Minimalist Private Podcast, completely separate podcast. We'll talk more about that later. But first, since this is a listener-driven show, Emma, we have a question from Emma, not this Emma, even though Emma's going to read the question. It's a different Emma from Patreon who's asking the question. I'm confused. Ladies and gentlemen, Emma the Immigrant. <laughs> <clears throat> When I think about some of my friendships, I realize their spontaneous combustion would probably bring more relief than sadness. Where is the tipping point of needing to let go of those friendships? I also do not have friendships to replace them with at the moment. So how do you know whether or not letting go of these friendships will benefit us, especially when faced with the potential for increasing feelings of loneliness once we let go? Wow. What, what an intense question. And Emma, I'm sorry that you are, are struggling with this, but I think part of the answer, at least, is in the question itself. Yeah. Ryan, when I, when I read this back, when I think about some of my friendships, I realize that their spontaneous combustion would probably bring more relief than sadness. Mm. Then she asked the question, where is the tipping point? Well, if it would bring more relief than sadness, then perhaps. Maybe. It's easier to do that with material possessions be yeah. because at first we do have some sort of emotional tether to those, mm -hmm. but then we realize those material possessions don't love us back. They don't like us back. They can't actually reject us. Right. And so I can reject a possession without it having bad feelings toward me. Yeah, much easier. Yeah, but with a, with a friendship, it's a little bit different. Man, you know, my first question is if I was Emma, I would ask myself, why are these relationships... Uh, not beneficial to me? And is there a way to reframe the relationship, set new boundaries, um, have a conversation to, uh, to change that relationship? Because I think, and we wrote about this and love people use things, like I think with these bad relationships, instead of just looking at them and saying, oh, we're just going to sever ties. Yes. We've really got to be honest with ourselves and ask like, a, why is the relationship the way it is? And B, do I have anything to do with it? Is there anything I could do differently to make this relationship better? So that's the first thing I would encourage I'm going to do is dig into, is there anything that can change to make that relationship beneficial? If, if there's a toxic relationship, I, I like what you're pointing out here. Sometimes I'm the toxic part of that yeah, relationship. 100%. Yeah. And then the other thing too is she says that she doesn't have friendships to replace them with. Now, if you go into the why and you, and, and you, you know, come to this realization, you're not the problem and you have to get rid of that relationship, but you're holding on to it only because you don't have friends to replace them with. Yes. You're being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Well, here's, here's how else to say it in a compassionate way. Yeah. Um, cause I know you're obviously being compassionate there yeah. now, but here's the way I look at it. Same thing with the material possessions. If you want to get rid of a shirt, you don't need to replace it mm. with another shirt right away. Yeah. In fact, we have this one in 10 out rule 
in that minimalist rule book that we have. And so it's, you could look at your friendships the same way. Wouldn't I much rather have instead of a hundred friends that are toxic relationships, that sounds miserable. Yeah. Wouldn't I rather have 10 or five really strong friendships Mm. that I curate. Even you, Ryan, as an extrovert who has a ton of friends. Mm. Now, we have three different types of relationships in our lives, primary, secondary, and peripheral relationships. And really what we're talking about here is sometimes simply reprioritizing the relationship. If we can reprioritize the relationship, it may not be toxic anymore. And here's what I mean by that. It might mean that you're getting too much of a good thing. Uh, give you an example. Like if you just have, you know, a piece of candy every once in a while, not a big deal. Mm. But if your primary diet consists of empty calories, mm. then all of a sudden you don't feel like it's a treat you, because you're not nourishing yourself on that. And so quite often what we're doing is we're spending all of our time with those people in the periphery. Mm. 90% of our time is with coworkers and acquaintances and networking buddies and, and just people you you like, and it's fine that you like them. Mm. But if we're alloc- we only have 24 hours in a day. And if I'm allocating all my time to those folks, I'm accidentally forsaking the people who align with my values, who align with my preferences, the people that I enjoy spending the most time with. Mm. And so it may not be, as you said, Ryan, forcing them out of your life. I need this relationship to spontaneously combust. It may be that, but it also might be, oh, I need to reprioritize this. I'm spending two hours a week with this person right now. Maybe I need to spend two hours a year with this person. Mm. In fact, I have really good friends that I haven't seen in two years. But whenever we reconnect, we have some of the most meaningful conversations, some of the most meaningful experiences together because we're not always spending every day together. Yeah. I think the only thing I'll add to that is if you're holding on to these uh, toxic relationships or these friends who you really don't want to be friends with, just because you don't have replacements, you're going to find, or I'm sorry, you're not going to find replacements as fast as if you would just cut those ties. Because you are, like you said, you are spending two hours a week uh, where that, uh, instead of two, two hours a year, where you could use that two hours a week to go find new friends, to go meetup.com is amazing. Like you can, especially in big cities like LA, I mean, you can just find the most random, uh, the most random groups with people who have the same interests and, uh, yeah. You can also go to minimalist.org. So yeah, a few years ago, actually seven years ago now, I think. Mm. Ryan and I set up 100 local meetup groups in 100 different cities in eight different countries. It's over at minimalist.org. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's also an online city. So if there is not a city close to you, there are, there's over 10,000 people in the online city as well. I was going to say, I think that's our most, our most popular city. <laughs> right. Yeah, but the, these places, especially pre-pandemic, they were all meeting once a month and where you were able to connect with open-minded or sometimes even like-minded individuals. There's one last thing I want to address for Emma here. She talks about loneliness here. Mm. Loneliness is not a bad thing. Mm-mm. It's a sign yeah. of something. Now, sometimes loneliness is jarring because we're so used to being steeped in other people. Loneliness can come about for one of two reasons. There's probably more than two reasons. But the first one is, I feel like I need other people. Mm. And that needing, it, it, it indicates something that, oh, I'm incomplete. I'm inadequate on my own. Mm. Now, there's this other thing that Ryan is an extrovert, so he gets his energy from other people. He doesn't need them necessarily. Mm. And by the way, when you surround yourself with people, you want them to be people who augment or enhance your life, not drain your life's energy, right? Right. Yeah. And so 
If you need them, if you show up empty, you're never going to be filled by the relationships in your life. Yeah. However, if you show up full, I am adequate, I am enough, I know this about me, these people can augment my life. They can make my life better, my experience of life better, but only if you show up full, Emma. You know, it's interesting. Like, I don't feel lonely when I don't have, I mean, I have a desire to hang out with people and to have interactions and, uh, yeah, to have relationships. But ultimately, like, I do, I'm okay with being by myself. It took me a while to get there. And why? Um, what, what were you struggling with when you, when you, you didn't want to be by yourself for a while? I think a piece of it was boredom. A piece of it was chasing that, um, that excitement I get when I hang out with people. But I remember, you know, when I first found out you went to movies by yourself or like our friend Stan Dukes, mm -hmm. he went to movies by himself. And I'm like, these guys are psychopaths. Like, what is wrong with them? <laughs> but then I realized like, oh no, like they are perfectly okay with being by themselves. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I worked on that. I would go out, I'd have meals by myself out at restaurants. I would go to a movie by myself. And long story short, I did learn how to deal with just being alone, but not feel lonely. That, and that's the key because loneliness is a sign of something. Mm. And it could be a sign that I need to change my expectations to not need those other people. Mm. Or it could be, so loneliness could just mean that, oh, you know what? Yes, I would like to find some empowering relationships in my life. And yes, we do have to get rid of the toxic relationships, but it's about walking away from those relationships and walking towards someone or some group of people who are more empowering. Now, don't mistake that for needing someone to be just like you. Mm. Ryan and I are like complete opposites in almost every way, mm. personality-wise, right? Sure. If you look at us at, at, on the Myers-Briggs or if you look at us on the Enneagram, we are radically different human beings. We just happen to have similar values. In fact, mm. on the private podcast this week, I'd like to talk a little bit about those personality traits and how sometimes having different personalities, sort of yin and yang, yeah. can make for a more fulfilling relationship. Yeah, absolutely. We have a question here from Allie in Cape Cod. I'm living in the house that my grandmother um, grew up in. And for the most part, it's just me in this big house that's full of stuff. Um, this is a house that's been, in gen that's been in our family for generations. So there's a lot of stuff accumulated in it. Um, but it's not my house and none of it really is my possession. So I was wondering what to do when you're living in a house full of stuff that's not yours to give away. Um, when I realized I really can't get rid of this stuff, I was wondering if maybe I could rearrange it, put it away, put it in closets, but that doesn't work because when my parents come, they inevitably um, take everything back out. So I was just wondering if there are any mental strategies you can implement when you're living in an environment that you really can't um, change. I can't declutter the environment and it gets a little overwhelming sometimes. So Allie, here's the first thing I think about. Whenever I go to the grocery store, there's a whole lot of stuff there that isn't mine. Mm. And quite often, if I go to certain grocery stores, they're like in the middle of chaos. They're restocking shelves. They're a bunch of boxes in the middle of the aisle. And yes, because I have OCD, sometimes I feel compelled. Like, maybe I should straighten this up. <laughs> just, like, just get right, right, right next to this stock boy and start helping him. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got to hurry up, man. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and, and so... 
I, I understand the impulse, but if this is not your stuff, you have a couple options here. One is you might have to move away, right? Because mm. even if your parents said, yes, I'd love for you to organize the house, organize, and it might help out a little bit, sure. organizing is the problem. Organizing often hides the clutter. And so we can go and buy all these silly little clutter coffins from the container store and bury our clutter in those. And, and in the basement, now we have a mausoleum full of clutter coffins. Mm. But that doesn't solve the problem. It might, it might calm the chaos slightly, but you know psychologically it's all right there. And that weight you're going to keep on feeling. And so whenever I'm at the grocery store and there's all this stuff everywhere, or even if I have to go to Walmart for something, it's chaotic. Well, what do I do? I go there for as long as I need to be there and then I leave. It may be at this point, it's time for you to exit the house, move out on your own, find your own studio apartment mm. that you can thrive in on your own. And then whenever I go to someone else's house, it doesn't really bother me. I don't feel compelled to organize their things because they are not my things. I don't feel compelled to get rid of their things because they are not my things. Now, there may come a time in the future where your parents say, hey, your grandma's stuff, we don't want to deal with it or we do want to deal with it, can you help us? And if they've opened that door, then it's a completely different conversation. Then we take the 16 rules and we say, all right, which of these rules apply? The 90-90 rule, the, the seasonality rule, right? Mm -hmm. The just-in-case rule, the just-for-win rule, yeah. the one-in-ten-out rule. All of these rules are going to apply, but especially the spontaneous combustion rule is going to apply to that stuff. But right now, Yes, you would feel really relieved if all of it spontaneously combusted, but it's not up to you to get rid of that stuff right now. So you may have to remove yourself from the chaotic environment that is making you low-grade miserable. Mm. It's stressing you out. It's overwhelming you. Otherwise, you're going to be steeped in stress and anxiety. Yeah, the low-grade miserable. Isn't it funny how we put up with the low-grade misery all the time? Yes. And it's usually because the low-grade misery, it isn't enough pain to actually make us want to make a change. Because it sounds to me like Ali is living in this house. Um, I'm assuming there's some kind of financial benefit, which is great, but there's a cost. There's another cost uh, other than money. So you're gaining probably something financially, but there is some mental clutter. There is some emotional clutter that is definitely being affected. I mean... I think with anyone, because we have high schoolers a lot, they'll be like, oh, my parents are hoarders. You know, I'm 16 years old. I have no choice. Yeah. Like I'm living with my parents. What do I do? They'll come out to our live events. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I ask these questions and there's no magic bullet answer there. I mean, the answer is like, hey, if you're living under someone else's roof in high school or as an adult, like you have to be beholden to their preferences and to their rules. I mean, it is their space, but what you can control is your own space. So it makes me think about how... Um, I don't know, when we're on tour and you go to your hotel room and you start to like declutter it. Yes. And you, you know, you organize it or not organize it, but you get it to a point where like you feel comfortable in that room. You've taken okay. your space. Make it mine. Yeah. And you've made it yours. Um, that doesn't mean you go to every single hotel room and do that. Right. I wish you would come to mind and do that though, but <laughs> <laughs> I could show you how. Yeah, that'd be great. Jordan, we should do a video of that. We'll do it like for Patreon because we're going to start doing these house tours now and these mm. studio tours. Next time we're on the road, we'll do a hotel room tour because the first thing I do when I go into a room is to make it my, my space. I just unpack my bag and I'll put it into the drawers I, and because it, I do want it to feel more like 
home or really like I want it to feel like my space, even though I'm only there temporarily for a day or two or three days. Yeah. Yeah. So Ali, make it, make, make your space your own, uh, that you can, but you've got to ask yourself, like, what are you willing to pay beyond finances? What are you willing to pay to stay at this house in Cape Cod? Uh, if you're not willing to put up with that emotional and physical, yeah, the physical clutter and not to mention the emotional clutter, but if you're not willing to put up with that, then yes, I agree with you, Milburn. Maybe it's time to find a studio apartment or, or something else. Yeah. And, and you can start with the, the calm there. In fact, Danny, I wanted to talk to you about this real quick. If you can hand Danny the, the microphone, Danny unknown, he does audio video stuff for us. If you've seen all the Instagram reels and the TikToks and, and a bunch of other stuff. He also takes the photos you see on many of our thumbnails as well, but he brought some friends he had some friends in town recently and i'll let you tell it but you brought them into the studio and there was a particular kind of calm that they noticed yeah we we, uh we just had um, a meal up there in hollywood yeah and um i was like well we're around so let's stop by the studio you guys can see kind of where i work um a couple days of the week and so i brought them in here and of course nothing is upset for uh, the podcast. Yeah. And uh, it's, I mean, when it's empty in here, it's beautiful, right? Well, like an art gallery. Yeah, mm-hmm. truly. It really is. And um, I opened up the windows and then Kristen, who was with um, Jackson and Kristen were with us. Kristen sat and I was like, doesn't it feel good in here? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, it feels really like peaceful. Yeah. It feels calm. And I was like, yeah, that's, there's like a, a weight off your shoulder because there's not a bunch of stuff everywhere almost weighing you down that's right yeah and so the the fast and i i get the same thing when i have people over to my house and it's because we don't have to organize the stuff it's Mm. already organized because there's less stuff there right Mm. and so if you have your own place you can slowly populate it with only the things that add value to your life and you can get away from that chaos right Mm. because i imagine if this studio space were similar to, to ali's uh, grandparents stuff like it would just be a lot of stuff it wouldn't give you that same sense it would give you the opposite of peace yes. and so whenever i show up somewhere i want to feel that same sense of peace that's why i do that with the hotel room mm-hmm. it's why we have the studio like this it, it's because any of the excess always disturbs the peace mm. you could tweet that podcast sean you know it's interesting like to have a peaceful place especially like uh, your, your place here in, in LA, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. Like it's easy to just have a lot of stuff. It's actually more difficult to have the right amount, right amount of things and to be neat and tidy. I don't know. Well, to be intentional to about it. because yeah. it's, it's automatically neat and tidy if you're constantly questioning the things you bring into your life yeah. and you're constantly questioning the things you're holding on to. It, because this isn't serving a purpose in my life anymore. I know I, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. There was a season for that. Mm-hmm. But just like there was a season for high school, I had to graduate from high school. I had to graduate from certain material possessions as well. Yeah. And so, Allie, maybe it's time for you to graduate. I'd love to see you at our Boston event, by the way. Podcast John, if you could reach out to Allie and uh, give her a couple tickets to our Boston event, I would appreciate that. We're doing... Um, Wow, we're doing 11 more cities on the Love People Use Things Tour. In January and February, we'll be yeah. in New York and uh, Boston and, and Washington, D.C. and Vancouver and Seattle and San Francisco and Los Angeles and Toronto and Columbus and Chicago and Minneapolis. We've already done nine tour stops. All of them 
are going to be available over at patreon.com slash the minimalist but you can find tickets at the minimalists.com slash tour find the city nearest you and Allie, we'll see you out there in boston with some special guests heck yeah Ryan, what time is it? It's time for the lightning round where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions and comments to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Now, Ryan and I, we, those texts actually go to both of our phones. It was funny. We just finished up this last little wave of the tour in Orlando, and we were in Nashville and Atlanta, and we had people in the audience. I was just sort of polling them. Hey, any, has anyone in here re- personally received a response from me and Ryan? And tons of people in the room were like, yeah. yeah. Now, we don't respond to everyone. We just can't, just logistically. Yeah. But we do respond to quite a few people. Mm-hmm. And so you can just send us your text. But also, we answer some questions here on the podcast. Now, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I do our best to answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140-character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you like. And by the way, thanks to our good friend, Jessica. You can find all of our minimal maxims in one place, minimalmaxims.com. I just cleaned that up, Ryan. We have over 500 minimal maxims there. Wow. Now, minimalmaxims.com. Jerome has a question. Is this my brother? Jerome has a question for us I often feel as though I have to blow everything up to start over how do we know that the desire to move to a new place that may fit us better is a genuine feeling and not just escapism well here's my pithy answer for you Jerome running toward is the opposite of running away Mm. so quite often we think we can change our surface We can change the facade, the veneer of a thing. Uh, Veneer is actually a great word because if you have rotting teeth and you just put veneers over top of them, that actually does, it's worse for us because it hides the problem. And temporarily for the next year, it might look like I have great teeth. But now the pain sets in and Mm. it makes it far worse because we begin to ignore the real problem. So, it's, it's a valid question because escapism is a real thing. Running away from our problems, they're going to follow us to wherever we, we run, right? However, if we've identified, hey, the city I'm living in is no longer right for me for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Instead of just saying, oh, I can't find what I want here anymore. I need to run away from this. Where am I going? Mm. And if you want to move to a city because it maybe serves a better opportunity for a career, maybe it's a better opportunity for you creatively, or you have a, a better opportunity to, in, to, to submerge yourself into a different community that shares your values, that's wonderful if you're running toward that. But if it's, oh my God, you know what? I've got all these problems. I just need to pack a bag and get the hell out of here. They're just going to follow you there. It may it may not show up right away, but they're going to follow you there eventually. Yeah. I mean, that is a perfect lead into my pithy answer, which is you can run from anyone except yourself. And I think about, you know, what I was talking about earlier about um, kind of the superpower of being alone and being okay with that. I could be anywhere in the world. Yeah. And yes, like there are places I prefer over other places um, I'm in LA right now. Love LA. LA is amazing. But you know, I talk about Montana a lot. Like that's kind of where my heart is. Like I eventually want to like spend more time in Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't nag at me. Yeah. It doesn't ruin my day. It's a preference thing. Mm-hmm. But ultimately I like who I see in the mirror and I could be with that guy anywhere. Oh, 
That's beautiful. You could tweet that podcast, Sean. Yeah, so Jerome, I think the thing to, to think about here ultimately is what are you running from? And if it's something, let's deal with that first. And not just deal with it as in I'll tolerate it, but let's examine the problem. Not provide you with seven solutions, but let's look at it for what it is. And then we can run towards somewhere else that better meets your preferences. The, the reason I really enjoy Los Angeles is access, but also the weather. I mean, the, the weather is amazing. So it, it more comports with my preferences there because I like to walk a lot every single day, right? And so having that ability, it's much more difficult if I were to live in Saskatoon to be able to walk every day. Saskatoon is a fine city. I've been there. There's a red lobster there. And everything there is. <laughs> we did eat at the red lobster we in Saskatoon. <laughs> well you know it's under, we, we had to because like it was only there were no mom and pop places it was like mo, like chain restaurants anyway tweet ryan and correct him on that saskatoonians <laughs> yes that would be is great. that what they're called emma she said i think so even are, the canadians are, don't know much are they you've Sask- never been to saskatoon have you oh. she, she lives right next door to saskatoon would never they, went would they be saskatoons or saskatoonies that sounds right we got a bunch more to talk about but first emma you got something for us here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners hey joshua and ryan this is joe rossi i'm from pittsburgh pennsylvania Uh, anyway i was calling in because uh, recently about two weeks ago i actually had an opportunity to watch your documentary after listening to it get mentioned on another podcast that i listened to And I was really enamored with your message. Being very reluctant initially to jump headfirst into the minimalist lifestyle, I I really took an inventory of what are the things that are drawing me back from living my life the way I wanted to. And really, on the top of all of my lists and and in the back of my head, I realized it was my cell phone. Um, I don't think that uh, using cell phones are necessarily inherently a problem. But for me, uh, as a dad of 10-month-old twins, anything that's a distraction from my kids is difficult because, as you can imagine, we rip through formula and diapers and all kinds of toys and and fun things all the time. And if I look down even just for one second to check Instagram notification or an email from my boss or a text chain from my friends, something really amazing could be happening, like the first time that they walked, or kind of scary could be happening, like they're getting into something that they shouldn't. So I made a decision to actually switch to a dumb phone. I contacted my wireless provider and got my SIM card chip uh, replaced. And uh, now I just have a phone that only texts T9 like it's 2001 and makes phone calls. And it really has, that small amount of minimalism really has made a big difference in my life. In fact, I was waiting in line and typically my nose would be buried in my phone. And I had an opportunity to talk to a guy that was behind me that had a a really neat classic truck that I saw pull into the parking lot and uh, ended up making a friend and, and learning a little bit about uh, the mechanical parts of old trucks and stuff. So I wanted to call and say thank you because I really appreciate it. Hi, my name is Cecilia Duffy from Geneva, Ohio. I have a tip for minimizing and organizing your tax records. I am mostly paperless with my taxes. Make a folder on your computer with the tax year. Inside that folder, you'll make other files and folders that will hold all your needed receipts and either an Excel or Word document with a list of the tax items by date, name, and amount. For instance, my 2016 tax folder has the following. Number one, a 2016 donation receipts folder. 
I scan all receipts here and throw away the paper. Number two, 2016 medical receipts folder. Again, scan receipts into here and you can pitch them. Number three, 2016 donation list. This is a Word document with a list of all donations by date, place, and amount. At the end of the year, you just add up the amounts. For the rest of my files, I do the exact same thing. Number four is the 2016 medical list. Number five, 2016 charitable mileage. Number six, 2016 medical mileage. Every time you drive related to charity and medical, it takes just a minute to put the date, place, and mileage on the document. It's much easier instead of trying to remember every place you've been all year long. Number seven, when W-2s and 1099s come in, I scan and place them into aptly named folders. Number eight, the last one is my property tax receipt. Taking a few minutes to scan and document throughout the year makes tax time much easier. As for receipts that you do not need for tax purposes, throw them away. When is the last time you needed to look at the water bill or the grocery receipt? Pitch them. On the off chance you actually need a receipt, you can call the water company and ask for it. All right, so we double-checked and uh, asked the almighty Google, and it turns out they're called Saskatonians. It's good to know. <laughs> it Dude, is, inquiring minds wanted to know. It's Canada's sunniest province, I saw. Really? When I was Googling it, oh, yes. Oh, interesting. Well, we got a bunch more to talk about this Thursday. That's on the Minimalist Private Podcast, Ryan. Here is a testimonial from one of our patrons over there. Jo Joanna says, my goodness, this is really hitting home. I'm going to have to listen to this episode of the private podcast several times because it goes straight to the core and almost makes me cry. That's what we set out to do is make you cry. Those are the our... money tears right there. <laughs> each private, uh, she says, each private podcast is so much more than minimalism. It's like going to 10 therapy sessions. Now, Ryan, real quick for right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist. Since we're talking about patreon right now in our private podcast i just want to be clear it's a completely separate podcast we we do this this public podcast advertisement free but our patrons keep the other the everything that's back there on patreon yeah. it's where we roll up our sleeves mm. and uh well we just get our hands dirty mm. our hair dirty <laughs> our faces dirty well you know it's because of our patrons that's why this podcast right now can be advertisement free so if you're not a patron, um, find a patron of ours and thank them. Yes, yes, indeed. You can just you can tweet and say, "Hey, big thanks to all of the people who do support the podcast." And we're we're doing some more things to add value. So, of course, we do the private podcast every Thursday, but we're starting to do in November. We're still working out the tech with Jordan here, but we've got some new equipment, and so we're going to do a weekly live stream as well. So, uh, of the private podcast and the public version, and also you get to see all the mess ups that we do, and we're going to be interacting with patrons live. Live on the weekly live stream. We're also going to be doing monthly home tours and studio tours. I also want to take Ryan to the container store and do a container store tour. <laughs> and so, but we're also going to do like individual rooms. Like, let's just tour the kitchen and look deep into the what's going on in a minimalist's kitchen. And we can also look at other minimalist homes as well. So we're going to do some video tours for certain tiers over there on Patreon. Also, I've been doing this solo podcast earlier this year. We're going to bring that back called Minimalism Today. And people are even asking asking for Ryan. What, when is Ryan going to do a solo show? So who knows? <laughs> I'm not going to convince him, but um, 
We'll, we'll certainly talk Dude, about I, it. I'm handing off my work. Emma's now reading the questions. <laughs> I'm not trying to bring more work on. Well, we'll just do a cardboard cutout of Ryan. <laughs> and Emma will just stand behind the cardboard cutout. Uh, Remember we had a cardboard cutout for a while. We were doing this for a tour yeah. that got canceled. And mm-hmm, we were trying to mm-hmm. ship it out to different people and take pictures with us in yeah. each city. I never, we never actually... Anyway. We couldn't do it because yeah. uh, that particular tour, the West Coast tour, got canceled. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you can check all that out. Patreon.com slash The Minimalist, including all of our archives. Hundreds of hours of minimalism. 30 biggest failures videos. 50 quarantine conversations with special guests. All that and so much more of less over on Patreon. For our added value segment this week, Ryan, I want to talk about a product that has added immense value to my life. I think it's added value to your life as well. What brand of moose are you referring to? (laughs) Canadian moose. (laughs) You remember moose? The the hair product? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I used to use moose. For what? I don't know. (laughs) To get my little wings in the front? Oh, I should find like an eighth grade picture of myself. <laughs> that's that's why I use the moose. <laughs> uh, he so here's the thing about Ryan. He studio audience. He he was the most awkward, ugly kid. They call me Snaggletooth Nicodemus. <laughs> and then I remember in eighth grade he hit puberty, and all of a sudden he just came back handsome. <laughs> like someone beat the hell out of him with a handsome stick. <laughs> Turns out it was just a stepdad beating the hell out of him. Right, right, right. <laughs> reshaping my face uh, well, he did a great job we gotta thank him yeah thanks Todd who's <laughs> Todd I don't know <laughs> alright what products are you gonna recommend yeah, so I'm not gonna rec- I, I don't recommend products okay because this may not add value to your life at all and but this he- isn't your OnlyFans account right <laughs> no okay no, good no, no. So, All right. so I keep that private <laughs> that's my separate business um feet pics uh <laughs> Feedpigs.com. <laughs> anyway, so we, we uh, you right now are standing on a grounding mat. Oh, yes. And um, there's this company called Ultimate Longevity. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. There is this great book called Earthing. Now, I'm not recommending you go out and buy any products. In fact, it doesn't even require this. But so I've had immense pain ever since we had that whole parasitic thing. I, I developed this autoimmune disease. If you know anyone who has joint pain or body pain or is just looking to reset their nervous system Mm -hmm. in any way, this might be for you. So there's a great book called Earthing. I I always thought grounding was so woo-woo, nonsense. Yeah, look at these. Oh, they just don't want to wear shoes. Get grounded, bro. Right. Yeah. And and so... And then I dug into the science because of Clint Ober. He wrote this book called Earthing, which just changed everything. I, I buy this book by the case and just hand it out to people now, right? Because it is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And especially if you have kids who are crying and they're little babies who are, it's quite often the thing that will quote fix that yeah. is by the mother grounding when they hold the baby. Yeah. And so if you go to ultimate longevity, I think it's .com. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. There's even like a 15 minute documentary that explains the science behind grounding. Here's what happened. 1960, we invented rubber, mass-produced rubber sole shoes. We inadvertently disconnected ourselves from the earth, and now we are very rarely connected to the earth, and therefore inflammation it travels throughout, it develops throughout in our body over the years. And what I realized is, oh my gosh, for almost 40 years, I've barely been grounded at all. Yeah. And so I started changing that. In fact, now I sleep on a grounding mat at night. Me too. 
I got the pillowcase. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, we stand on grounding mats here in the studio. Mm-hmm. I even plug in. I use these little patches that to plug into the the grounding as well. You just plug into the grounding of the wall. You have to have a grounded outlet so you can test it. It comes with a little tester. Dude, if but, it wasn't for you, I never would have tried. I would have looked at it still and been like, what? What is this crazy thing Like plugs into the wall? Right. You stand on. Yeah. Anyway. And, yeah. And, or you sleep on. You yeah. Have to put on top of your sheets. And yeah, literally like my, so we have the oar rings that keep track of our sleep. My sleep has gotten 10 to 20% better since just grounding, which it blows my mind. And I'll tell you what's really nice about not doing advertisements and being paid for things like this. Like, you know that we're like telling the truth like you know it's something we actually use ourselves and yeah totally recommend the one thing i'll say about this man is that if someone is interested in this what i really like about uh what they do is when you get like a grounding mat or something they give you a free book with it Uh uh-huh which is kind of cool. Yeah, and, and, and so here's the other thing to think about, though. You don't have to spend a dime. You no, can go no. grounding on the beach or just go walk on grass. That's 100% correct, yes. And so it's impossible if if you're grounded to also experience inflammation the same way as if you're not grounded. Mm. And that So if you're in pain, for me, at first, within 24 hours of beginning to ground, my pain reduced by... 10 to 20 percent within six to 10 weeks my pain reduced by 80 percent and this is why grounding has been has literally changed my life and i've waited a long time to talk about this on an added value segment because i want to make sure that the results lasted for a while Mm. and I mean, I ground every day. I'm grounded 90% of the day now, yeah. either on a, a grounding mat or while sleeping or just walking barefoot on the beach or outside. I'll even walk to the studio from from my apartment here. I'll walk through people's yards barefoot. Yeah. And it has totally changed my life. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can check out a free documentary at Ultimate Longevity. And yeah. as Ryan said, we don't get paid for any of this. Yeah. In fact, we pay full price for anything that we we purchase as well. Yeah. No, I'm glad that you uh, brought up the free aspect of grounding. You do not need a grounding mat right. to ground. You no. can literally just go walk barefoot in the grass. Uh, what, what do they say? The best is um, sand, like salt, like wet sand because it has salt water on there. There's something about the salt that does like extra grounded. And uh, I think it was Bex who was like, maybe that's why surfers are so laid back. Yeah. Because being in the ocean is the best form of grounding. Yeah, because yeah. there's so many minerals there as well. Yeah. You can learn so much more in the book, Earthing, or just at ultimatelongevity.com. We'll put a link to all of that in the show notes. By the way, Ryan, we have a bunch more surprise questions this week, like what are nine ways to avoid spending money on trendy items? I'm going to talk about my black t-shirts this week. What brand does Josh use? I, if I get a, I've had a dollar for every some time someone messaged me on Instagram asked me about my black t-shirts, I would have hundreds of dollars. How do you stop searching for the perfect thing? We're going to talk about that on the private podcast as well. How do I make my boss spontaneously combust? What about my family? What about my social media habits? Plus a million more questions about letting go for the minimalist. And if you want to hear all that, check out the minimalist private podcast this week. Visit patreon.com slash the minimalist to subscribe and get your personal link so that our weekly private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. You can follow the minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the minimalists. Come to one of our live podcast shows. Visit the minimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at the minimalists.com. 
theminimalist.com. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalists. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list at theminimalists.com. You'll also receive our simple Sunday email newsletter for free. And if you leave here today with just one message, let it be this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'll be fine without it.